Chapter sixteen of Miss Pym's Camouflage. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Miss Pym's Camouflage by Lady Dorothy Stanley. Chapter sixteen. Cologne, of course, was a military centre, but Miss Pym felt nothing was to be gained by lingering there. Berlin was the central ganglion where the ministers and the ministries could be visited and valuable information could be gathered of course the head of the war office hindenburg and his brain and voice ludendorff would be away but berlin was the real headquarters the minister of the navy the chancellor the kaiser the crown prince some one of these was sure to be at berlin after sleep of an inferior quality in the cupboard bedroom miss pym rose unrefreshed she dreaded meeting the professor because she had come down fully equipped for her journey to berlin and herr miller at her request was making out the bill she had her coffee that unsatisfactory substitute coffee and nothing else the schwann provided no bread or butter for those without cards and it was only as a friend of the professor's that she had been allowed meat at the dinner miss pym was sitting rather disconsolate when dr koitsik hobbled in and sat beside her so you are off tired of us is it not so what have you nothing for breakfast but that beastly coffee here frau miller quick a decent breakfast for this lady cocoa of your best and i saw a jug of milk going into your bureau come the all-highest you know wishes neutrals to carry away a good impression of the vaterland oh herr doctor food is scarce in cologne whined the woman but not at the schwann retorted koitsik where the best food the best cooking and the best hotel proprietress in all germany is to be found frau miller smiled and soon miss pym had excellent cocoa a small hot cake of bread some sardines and marmalade that's better said monkey face grinning now will you write a more favourable report on cologne you are very kind herr doctor replied miss pym and i confess i am grateful it is dreadful how my mind seems to run on food here in germany which proves you are human angli non angeli and where are you off to if i may ask i am taking the nine forty to berlin will you explain to professor schnumptuk that i simply had to go that i am sorry i cannot attend the congress oh yes i will tell him and add that you are specially grieved not to hear his wonderful paper which is likely to alter the whole situation in europe and america but that you are called to potsdam by the all highest if you start early for the central station and are willing to walk slowly i will accompany you there every one will say what a lucky woman to have such a handsome companion i shall be truly grateful said miss pym well knowing the help it would be to have a german chaperon so with salutations to mine host and his frau miss pym walked slowly down the hochstrasse with her strange companion where shall you stay in berlin he asked i hardly know i shall try the adlon you will be in danger all the time you are in berlin you realize that yes miss pym acknowledged it and yet you go ahead dear me what a people what an enemy but see here there is a place where you may get a shelter and a bed if you find yourself in danger merkelstrasse a poor street close to the spree the address is on this piece of paper and the password 
can you read it now and here so as to return me the paper this is a secret emergency refuge for socialists liebknecht often went there and many others the genuine article not make-believes like scheidemann in the shadow of the great domkirke miss pym read and re-read the address and the password the flaming dawn is breaking that is a poem written by a young socialist a jew boy who was shot dead in berlin shall i repeat it to you and with waving quivering hands koitsik chanted in a vibrating voice the flaming dawn is breaking how many have died to see the glorious sun of freedom arise to make us free how many died to save us and if we would not fail we too must die for liberty that freedom may prevail no tender love of woman no happiness of home no joy of little children go forward all alone go forward in the darkness until the rising sun dispels the night of tyranny and liberty is won can you understand that said the uncouth young man yes i understand the words and the sentiment replied miss pym my only doubt is whether you are sufficiently numerous to win your freedom the government here doesn't hesitate to shoot and imprison you say the poet himself was shot dead presumably in some rising it seems to me the german people are too stolid and too timid you are not a fearless people indeed i think germans are highly nervy as we call it koitsik was silent he looked profoundly gloomy in silence they reached the station miss pym felt sorry for him dr koitsik i think the dawn will come for germany it is very dark now but germany is not going to continue in darkness after this war men like you will perhaps be able to rouse the masses even if you die in the attempt you will have helped germany to win her deliverance thank you he said quite simply i believe what you say i hate to think the germans will shoot you in a prison-yard i knew the risk i ran when i came replied miss pym but it is less than you suppose oh you don't know germans we are thorough once in their net no fish escapes ah well you are a brave woman if you get back to your country write to me after the war now here is your train a dreadfully overcrowded train i will bribe the conductor he hobbled off and perspiring freely from the unwonted exertion hastened back mopping his big head and thick throat another carriage will be put on see here it advances conductor see that this lady has every attention she is an important neutral a friend of dr michaelis and grand admiral von Turpitz. the guard bowed low to miss pym she climbed into the dirty unswept carriage and waved her hand to the monkey-faced socialist as the train creaked and rattled out of the station miss pym knew that the journey to berlin would be long and tedious but she had not bargained for nearly eighteen hours travelling at first she was interested to see the great coal country where all the biggest steel and ironworks of germany are crowded working day and night as the train approached she even felt tempted to visit that formidable city to see krupp's works in full blast she could see the chimneys and roofs from the railway and noted the protection of steel netting over roofs the train soon passed on to dortmund 
where there was a few minutes' wait for lunch, but Miss Pym thought it wiser to nibble at her emergency rations and not to leave her seat. The journey now became very wearisome. The arrival at Hanover did not interest her in the least. Afterwards, at small stations, she saw platoons of prisoners, some English, others French, but the majority were Russian. The English still held their heads high. A German in the train observed, one would think to look at these English pig-dogs that they were the conquerors, and that we were less than the dust. Did you ever see such arrogance? Now look at those Russians, how different they are. Simple-hearted peasants, grateful for small kindnesses, ready to smile, but these Englishmen think they own the world. Look at that unemotional self-control. Come, Adolf, let us spit at them as they pass. Let us show them we are men, not animals. And the two big shabby Germans rose. One went to the door, the other to a window, which she let down, and they tried to spit far enough to reach the British prisoners, who quietly drew out of reach and continued a low-voiced conversation together, never once glancing at the train. Miss Pym noted their haggard, unshaven faces, their extreme emaciation, and she could not repress her tears. Leaning back, she covered her face with her handkerchief, as though she slept, and it was some time before her tears dried behind that cambric veil. End of chapter 16